All right, I started the recording. Can you, um, honey, can you come over here and give our listeners a summary of where we are? Well, hurry up. Welcome to Storytime with David and Mommy. We are continuing to read Treasure Island. We are in chapter 28, which is called In the Enemy's Camp. And David's going to come over and remind us where we were at the end of chapter 27. All right, come on, honey. Time's a-wasting. Come on, you can do that later. He's setting up his pirates, his Lego pirates, on a um, blue base plate I think they're going to have a battle, and he has stacked up a whole bunch of Lego rum bottles on top of each other. <laughs> hey, David, come here. Come on. Come here. Come tell our, come tell our podcast listeners. <clears throat> oh, he's got to get his Lego treasure. Come tell our podcast listeners, where were we at the end of the last chapter? Jim was caught by the enemy in their camp. Okay, so Jim was... And Vic was bringing a torch. Vic brought a torch. Vic brought a torch? Uh-huh, he was one of the pirates. Oh. Oh. You mean Dick. Dick. Dick was one of the... Yeah, he's the kid. He's the kid that was with John Silver when um, Jim overheard them when he was in the apple barrel. And he decided to do it. He decided to be, do it. Yeah, Dick decided that he was going to be a pirate. All right, <clears throat> in the enemy's camp. You ready? Okay. The red glare of the torch lighting up the interior of the blockhouse showed me the worst of my apprehensions realized. The pirates were in possession of the house and stores. There was a cask of cognac. There were the pork and the bread, as before. And what tenfold increased my horror not a sign of any prisoner. I could only judge that all had perished, and my heart smote me sorely that I had not been there to perish with them. There were six of the buccaneers, all told. Not another man was left alive. Five of them were on their feet, flushed and swollen, suddenly called out of the first sleep of drunkenness. The sixth had only risen upon his elbow. He was deadly pale, and the blood-stained bandage round his head told that he had recently been wounded, and had still more recently dressed. I remembered the man who had been shot and had run back among the woods in the great attack, and doubted not that this was he. The parrot sat, pleading, preening her plumage on Long John's shoulder. He himself, I thought, looked somewhat paler and more stern than I was used to. He still wore the fine broadcloth suit in which he had fulfilled his mission, but it was bitterly the worse for wear, daubed with clay and torn with sharp briars of the wood. So, said he, is Jim Hawkins shiver my timbers. Dropped in like, eh? Well, come, I take that friendly. And thereupon he sat down across the brandy cask and began to fill a pipe. Give me alone a link, Dick said he, and then when he had a good light, that'll do, lad, he added, stick the glim in the wood heap, and you gentlemen, bring yourselves too, you needn't stand up for Mr. Hawkins, he'll excuse you, you may lay to that, and so, Jim, 
stopping the tobacco. Here you are, and quite a pleasant surprise for poor old John. I see you was smart when I first set me eyes on ya, but this here gets away from me clean, it do. All to this, as may well be supposed, I made no answer. They had set me with my back against the wall, and I stood there looking silver in the face, pluckily enough, I hope, to all outward appearance, but with black despair in my heart. Silver took a whiff or two of his pipe with, and with great composure, and then he ran on again. Now you see, Jim, so be as you are here, he says he. I'll give you a piece of me mind. Oh, I've always liked you, Jim, I have, for a lad of spirit, and the picture of me own self when I was young and handsome. I always wanted you to join and take your share and die a gentleman. And now, my cock, you've got to. Captain Smollett's a fine seaman, as I'll own up to any day, but stiff on discipline. Duty is duty, says he, and right he is. Just you keep clear of the captain. The doctor himself has gone dead again, you. Ungrateful scamp was what he said, and the long and short of the old story is about here. You can't go back to your own lot, for they won't have you. And without you start a third ship's company all by yourself, which might be lonely, you'll have to dine with Captain Silver. Captain? Mm-hmm. Well, how is he the captain? Well, remember, he was secretly... Remember you said there was a ship within a ship? Uh-huh, a ship on was, a ship. Yeah. A ship in a ship. And Silver was secretly the captain. Uh-huh. Yeah, so now he's he's saying he's officially the captain. What? Mm-hmm. Jim Hawkins? No, no, Captain Silver. Long John what? Is the captain. How? Yeah. How? Well, so there are two guys who are fighting against each other. There's Captain Smollett and his men. Uh, and I there's Captain Smollett be overthrown. Well, so... Um, so if you think about it, like they're on an island. So here, with your Lego guys, if you divide them into half, and the two guys who are wearing the black tricorner hats, they're both, they're each saying that they're the captain. Oh, like this guy? Mm-hmm. So but that this guy is be... a zombie. This guy is a zombie. Oh, we're just we're just imagining. So that could be oh. Captain Smollett, and then who's the other Captain guy, Smollett? That guy. This he guy? could be. Yeah, we're gonna pretend he's Captain Smollett, and then we can pretend that the other guy in the black trainer corner hat is. That's the, Captain David. Is long, well, I know we're pretending. Huh? Okay. He could say that that is. We could say that's Long John, but now Long John says I'm the captain. So I'm now the they're. Captain. There, we now have two people. So Smollett uh, is is okay. still the captain, but Long John is basically saying, I'm the leader, and you got to do what I say. Does that make sense? Yeah. But more sets than blue coats. Mm. Okay. Eating poop. It makes more sense than that. No poop jokes, please. Okay. They're not funny. So far, so good. My friends, then, were still alive, and though I partly believe the truth of Silver's statement, that the cabin party were incensed at me for my desertion, I was more relieved than but distressed by what I heard. Oh, I don't say nothing as to your being in our hands, continued Silver, though there you are, and you may lay to it. I'm all for argument. 
I never seen good come out of threatening. If you like the service, well, you'll join. And if you don't, Jim's, why, well, you're free to answer no. Free and welcome, shipmate. And if fairer can be said by a mortal seaman, shiver my sides. Am I to answer then? I asked with a very tremulous voice. Though all, through all this sneering talk, I was made to feel the threat of death that overhung me, and my cheeks burned and my heart beat painfully in my breast. Lad, said Silver, no one's a pressin' of ye. Take your bearings. None of us won't. None of us won't err uh, ye, mate. Time goes so pleasant in your company, you see. Well says I, growing a bit bolder. If I'm to choose, I declare that I have a right to know what's what, and why you're here, and where my friends are. What's what? Oops. Let me make sure I have this set correctly. What's what? Oh my. <laughs> okay, we're good. What's <clears throat> what? Honey, honey, too loud. Okay, what's what? What's what? repeated one of the buccaneers in a deep growl. Oh, he be a lucky one as knowed that. Uh, <clears throat> You'll perhaps batten down your etches till you spoke to, my friend, Silver replied truculently at this speaker. <clears throat> and then, in his first gracious tones, he replied to me, Yesterday morning, Mr. Hawkins, said he, in the dog watch. Down came Dr. Livesey with a flag of truce. Says he, Captain Silver, you're sold out. Ship's gone. Well, maybe we'd be taking a glass and a song to help it round. I won't say no. Lestways, none of us had looked out. When we looked, we looked out and by thunder, the old ship was gone. I never seen a pack of fools look fishier. And you may lay to that. If I tells you that looked the fishiest. <clears throat> Well, says the doctor, let's bargain. We bargained him and I, and here we are. Stores, brandy, blockhouse, the firewood you was thoughtful enough to cut. And in the manner of speaking, the whole blessed boat from cross trees to Keelson. As for them, they've tramped. I don't know where they are. He drew again quietly at his pipe. And lest you should take it into Yet lest you should take it into that head of yours, he went on, that you was included in the treaty, is the last word that was said. How many are you, says I, to leave? Four, says he, four and one of us wounded. As for the boy, I don't know where he is, confound him, says he, nor I don't care much. We're sick, we're about sick of him. These was his last words. What? Is that all? I asked. Well, that's all you're to hear, my son, returned Silver. And now am I to choose? And now you are to choose. You may lay to that, said Silver. Well, said I, I'm not such a fool, but I know pretty well what I have to look for. Let the worst come to the worst. It's little I care. I've seen too many die since I fell with you. But there's a thing or two I have to tell you, I said. And by this time... Okay, David's going to let the puppies out. Where was I? Um, 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 um. Let's see. Well, said I, I'm not such a fool, but I know pretty well what I have to look for. Let the worst come to the worst. It's little I care. I've seen too many die since I fell in with you. But there's a thing or two I have to tell you, I said. And by this time I was quite excited. Thank you, sweetheart. And the first is this. Here you are. 
in a bad way. Ship lost, treasure lost, men lost. Your whole business gone to wreck. And if you want to know who did it, it was I. I was in the apple barrel the night we sighted land, and I heard you, John, and you, Dick Johnson, and Hans, who is now at the bottom of the sea, and told every word you said before the hour was out. And as for the schooner, it was I who cut her cable, and it was I that killed the men you had aboard her, and it was I who brought her here where you'll never see her more, not one of you. The laugh's on my side. I've had the top of this business from the first. I no more fear you than I fear a fly. Kill me if you please, or spare me. But one thing I'll say, and no more, if you spare me, bygones are bygones. And when you fellows are in court for piracy, I'll save you all if I can. <clears throat> it is for you to choose. Kill another and do yourselves no good, or spare me and keep a witness to save you from the gallows. I stopped, for I tell you I was out of breath, and to my wonder not a man of them moved, but all sat staring at me as, as like as many sheep. And while they were still staring, I broke out again. And now, Mr. Silver, I said, I believe you're the best man here, and if things go to the worst, I'll take it kind of you to let the doctor know the way I took it. I'll bear it in mind, said Silver, with an accent so curious that I could not for the life of me decide whether he were laughing at my request or had been favorably affected by my courage. I'll put one to that, cried the old mahogany-faced seaman, Morgan by name, who I had seen in Long John's public house upon the quays of Bristol. It was him that knowed black dog. "'Well, and see here,' added the sea-cook, "'I'll put another to that boy, Funder, "'for it was this same boy that faked the chart from Billy Bones. First to last we split upon Jim Hawkins.' "'What?' "'And there he goes! And here goes!' said Morgan with an oath. "'I think all the guys want to kill Jim Hawkins.' "'And he sprang up, drawing his knife as if he had been twenty. "'Alas, there!' cried Silver. Who are you, Tom Morgan? Maybe you thought you was Captain here, perhaps by the powers, but I'll teach you better. Cross me and you'll go where many a good man's gone before you. First and last these thirty year back, some of the yard arm. Shiver my timbers and some by the board, all to feed the fishes. There's never been a man looked me between the eyes and seen a good day afterwards, Tom Morgan, and you may later that. Morgan paused, but a hoarse murmur rose from the others. "'Tom's right,' said one. "'I stood a-hazin' long enough from one,' added another. "'I'll be hanged if I be hazed by you, John Silver.' "'Did any of you gentlemen want to have it out with me?' roared Silver, bending forward from his position on the keg, with his pipe still glowing in his right hand. Put a name on what you're at. You ain't dumb, I reckon. Him that wants shall get it. If I live this many years and a son of a rum punchin' cock is at the water of my houser at the latter end of it, you know the way you're all gentlemen of fortune by your account. Well, I'm ready. Take a cutlass, him that dares, and I'll see the color of his insides, crutching all, before that pipe's empty. Not a man stirred. Not a man answered. "'That's your salt, is it?' he added, returning his pipe to his mouth. 
Well, you're a gay lot to look at anyway. Not much worth to fight, you ain't. Perhaps you can understand King George's English. I'm captain here by election. I'm captain here because I'm the best man here by a long steam oil. You won't fight as gentlemen of fortune should. Then by thunder you'll obey. And you'll may lay to it. I like that boy. Now I never seen a better boy than that. He's more of a man than any pair of rats of you in this here house. And what I say is, let me see him, that I'll lay a hand on him. That's what I say, and you may lay to it. There was a long pause after this. I stood straight up against the wall, my heart still going like a sledgehammer, but with a ray of hope now shining in my bosom. Silver leant back against the wall, his arms crossed, his pipe in the corner of his mouth, as calm as though he had been in a church, yet he kept his eye wandering furtively, and he kept the tail of it on his unruly followers. They, on their part, drew gradually together towards the far end of the blockhouse, and the low hiss of their whispering sounded in my ear continuously, like a stream. One after another they would look up, and the red light of the torch would fall for a second on their nervous faces, but it was not towards me, it was towards Silver that they turned their eyes. "'You seem to have a lot to say,' remarked Silver, spitting far into the, in, spitting far into the air. "'Pipe up, and let me hear it, or lay to.' "'Ax your pardon, sir,' returned one of the men. "'You're pretty free with some of the rules, but maybe you'll kindly keep an eye on the rest. "'This crew's dissatisfied. "'This crew don't like valley bullying a marlin spike.' This crew has its rights, just like other crews, and all make so free as that. And by your own rules, I take it we can talk together. I ask your pardon, sir, acknowledging you for to be captain at this present, but I claim my right and steps outside for a council. And with an elaborate sea salute, this fellow, a long, ill-looking yellow eyed man of five and thirty stepped coolly towards the door and disappeared out of the house one after another the rest followed his example each making a salute as he passed each adding some apology according to the rules said one fools to counsel said morgan and so with one remark or another all marched out and left silver and me alone with the torch the sea cook instantly removed his pipe now you look here, Jim Hawkins, he said in a steady whisper that was no more than audible. You're within half a plank of death, and what's a long sight worst of torture? And they're going to throw me off, but you mark, I stand by you through thick and thin. I didn't mean to, no, not till you spoke up. But it was about desperate to lose that much blunt and be hanged into the bargain. But I see you was the right sword. I says to myself, you stand by Hawkins, John, and Hawkins will stand by you. You're his last card, and by living thunder, John, he's yours. Back to back, says I, you save your witness, and he'll save your neck. I began dimly to understand. You mean all's lost, I asked. Aye, by gum, I do, he answered. Ship gone, neck on, that's the size of it. Once I looked into that bay, Jim Hawkins, and seen no schooner, well, I'm tough, but I gave out. As for that lot and their counsel, mark me, they're outright fools and cowards. I'll save your life, so, if so be as I can from them. But see her, Jim, tit for tat, you save Long John from swinging. I was be bewildered. 
It seemed a thing so hopeless he was asking. He, the old buccaneer, the ringleader throughout. What I can do, that I'll do, I said. It's a bargain, cried Long John. You speak up, plucky, and by thunder, I've got a chance. He elbowed to the torch where it stood propped among the firewood and took a fresh light to his pipe. Understand me, Jim, he said, returning. Oh, I've got a head on me shoulders, I have. I'm on Squire's side now. I know you got a ship safe somewhere. I don't think he's on Squire's. Well, he's, I think he's realized that their plans are not going to work out, the pirates' plans, because the ship is gone, and he, they don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's doing what he can. He knows that sooner or later he's going to die. And he's doing what he can to save his own life right now. Yep. Yep, that's what's happening. So he wants to kill Jim to save his life. No, he wants to protect Jim to save his life. Because Jim said that he would try to save him from um, being killed once they get home. Because pirates, when they would come back from piracy, they would have a trial. And if they were found guilty of piracy, the punishment was death. They would be killed. And so what Jim has said is that when they get home, if they don't kill him now, if they don't kill Jim, when they get home during their trial, Jim will speak out and try to save them from being killed. He'll speak what? out as a character witness. Yep. Jim would want to be killed? No, Jim will try to save the pirates at the pirates' trial. Why? Because he wants to live. He says, if you don't kill me now, then when we get home and you're on trial, I will try to save you from being killed. That's what Jim said. Mm -hmm. He's foolish. No, Jim, Jim's making a deal. Jim is trying to make a deal because otherwise the pirates have no reason not to kill him. <clears throat> Let's see. <clears throat> It's a bargain, cried Long John. You speak up, plucky, and by thunder, I've got a chance. He hobbled to the torch where it stood propped among the firewood and took a fresh light to his pipe. Understand me, Jim, he said, returning. Oh, I've got a head on my shoulders, I have. I'm on Squire's side now. I know you got a ship safe somewheres. How you done it, I don't know what safe it is. I guess Anne's and O'Brien turned soft. I never much believed in neither of them. Now you mark me. I ask no questions, nor I won't let others. I know when a game's up. I do, and I know a lad that's a staunch. Ah, that's you. That's young. You and me. We might have done a power of good together. He drew some cognac from the cask into a tin canakin. Will you taste, messmate? he asked. And when I refused, well, I'll take that a drain meself, Jim. He said, I need a corker, for there's trouble on hand. And talking of trouble, why did that doctor give me the chart, Jim? My face expressed a wonder so unaffected that he saw the needlessness of further questions. Oh, well, we did, though, said he, and there's something under that, no doubt. Something surely under that, Jim, bad or good. And he took another swallow of the brandy, shaking his great fair head like a man who looks forward to the worst. All right, that is the end of chapter 28. The next chapter is going to be called chapter 29, The Black Spot Again. <sighs>
Oh, I don't know. I think so. Mm. Right, do you want to read chapter 29 or shall we um, stop here? You want me to read chapter 21 too? 29. Okay. <clears throat> All right. This is a lot of talking in here. So, honey, let's stop it now and then we can, let me take a break and get something to drink and then we can read an, another chapter, okay? Okay, say bye, podcast listeners. Arr. Yarr. Goodbye, podcast listeners. I was just recording your singing. <laughs> That's a pretty amazing Lego set you have there. And you have a scorpion... A Lego scorpion with a gold bar on top of him. Very cool.